Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The After Show. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 11. We are moving right along and getting caught up. This is wonderful. I love this. So another slogan that I saw on this cough drop wrapper, I love these. They, they taste good and they help the throat, for sure, but I just love these uplifting messages. The one we're going to talk about today is you've survived tougher. I love that. What I love about that is it really reminds me that tough times don't last but tough people do. And I can't take credit for that quote. That quote actually comes from Kenneth Copeland. Uh Kenneth Copeland is a evangelistic preacher and he founded and created the Believers Voice of Victory network. Even if you are not a Christian believer or if you do not um if you're not practicing a religion, I do suggest you check out their YouTube channel because it's very uplifting. It's very pleasant. You know what I mean? Like I'm so sick and tired of these wrath of god BS sermons that just browbeat people. I'm like, you know what? The enemy already does enough browbeating and the enemy is the devil straight out of the pit of hell and any and all evil spirits because we do live in a natural world, but supernatural things can happen and this, you know, we do have a spirit, you know, and a soul housed in a body, so we need to guard and protect that. But what I love about that phrase, you've survived tougher. What I love about that is that it makes me realize that regardless of what I'm going through now, I've actually been through worse. I've been through way worse. I survived it. I made it, and I'm tougher. So it's one of those things that you you build endurance and and you you learn how to I would say tap into new courage that you never knew you had. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things, you know, I kind of look at it this way. I used to run cross country and I've been training for a marathon off and on for a little bit here. But, you know, whenever I first started running cross country, you know, cross country in high school was not um my first pick for a sport. It actually was just a filler in sport. So I played a lot of sports in high school. And so one of the things that soccer players would do, I played indoor and outdoor soccer. I was pretty good at it. And so one of the ways that we stayed in shape in the off season was to was to uh be on the cross country team at our high schools even though you know I wasn't like varsity I wasn't getting a scholarship um I still ran and did really good. <coughs> Excuse me. So one of the things I learned with cross country is you build up endurance really quick. And that's one of the ways that you make it through a meet and how you run multiple meets in a weekend or a series or whatever. But here's the thing. If you don't actually take off running, you never build up your endurance. So you never you're if you never push through the hardship and you never get to the other side, then you have neglected to build up endurance that you actually needed to win that race or to push through to the next level. Like sometimes you may not win the race that you're currently in, but because you went through hell or you went through all that stuff and I'm not saying that you welcome bad situations I'm saying that you address whatever is going on your going on in your life and then whatever you've gone through it actually builds you up and then you might win that medal or be successful at the very next thing you do because you've already been through the tough stuff so now everything after that is just gravy you know what I mean or cookie dough whatever you love to eat I don't like gravy I personally think it's gross but You know, it's one of those things like it takes work to bake a cake, right? So that's kind of like the endurance phase of running. You know, comparing food to running here kind of interesting, but 
You know, when you push through that tough run and you continue to train and you build up your endurance, then that next meet that you run in is basically icing on the cake because you've already built up your muscles. Like you have more stamina. And also you have increased your breathing, you have increased your blood supply, you have increased your oxygen, you have increased your I would say your lung capacity and things of that nature. So those things are very healthy and really good for you. This uh you know, I would say at a physiological level, emotional level, psychological level, it's just good for your health. Well, it's the same thing whenever you go through anything else. So, the way that I have learned to look at things over the years and you know, this changes as we grow older, right? But I always try to remind myself that whenever I'm going through something difficult, it's no different than when I first started running cross country. Let me tell you folks, I completely sucked at running cross country. And you know when I initially started because running cross country is completely different than playing soccer. Soccer had, you know, outdoor soccer, which I hated. I preferred indoor soccer, but I was really good at both. Outdoor soccer, you're on a huge field, right? So you're not constantly running for like 10 to 30 minutes, right? So on a soccer field, you actually have a chance to kind of slow down your running, you can pace it out, and plus you're going after the ball. Well, in cross country, you have to constantly monitor your pace and your form and your agility just to finish the race, not only to win it, but to finish it. Because there's nothing more embarrassing, I kid you not, There's nothing more embarrassing than running cross country and you can't even finish a meet, like you can't even finish your race. Like you will probably never run again if you do not even finish. Like even if you're on a junior varsity. So I always made sure to finish my race and my coach greatly appreciated that cuz she knew I was not weak. I was not a whiner, I was not a complainer, and I really wanted to be successful. And I told her straight up why I joined the class. I I'm staying in shape for soccer. And she said, "Oh, that's really good." I said, "Thank you." And so, she knew that, you know, you know, if I ever ended up on varsity, that would be great, but, you know, my true intention is for soccer. So, she actually helped me to increase my running form and to increase my stamina and my endurance even though I was predominantly on the junior varsity team. So I think that's really excellent for a coach to do that because you know you don't feel forgotten. And plus she actually helped me do even better at soccer. I mean, I won medals and awards like crazy when I played soccer. I mean, creamed people. It was awesome. Um I'm not a very tall individual. I'm not sure. I'm like 5 foot 5, 5 foot 6. Um but I played forward in soccer so a forward position is the person that scores all the time. So of course I was very well liked on any team that I played on. I sucked at defense because I mean some of these girls that are uh, on defense they're built like Amazons. I mean they are massive girls. I mean it's like having all these softball players on the field but they're not gay. <laughs> you know so um Lisa didn't think they were at the time but You know, I stuck at defense. I mean, it was very difficult for me to do defense. It just was my specialty. So my coach, um, you know, regardless of a team, regardless of what team I was on, excuse me, I almost always played forward. Every once in a while I played goalie and I thought that was so much fun because I would just kind of stand there and be like, "Yeah, bring it. Bring it. I know I'm small compared to these bigger girls, but I'm going to stop that ball." So, um, needless to say, running cross country prepared me for the tougher games that I ended up playing in soccer whether indoor or outdoor and it also increased my muscle mass and my legs. You know, typically with runners, 
you think that their legs are always going to be super skinny and things like that. Not so for soccer players. What I noticed um, when I went from playing soccer to cross country and vice versa, my quadriceps would get really large uh, when I played soccer. But then when I switched over to cross country in the off season, my quadriceps became lean and mean, but I built up my hamstrings and my calves. So then by the time soccer season would start up again, I was super quick. I was super quick to run down that field and score. So it's really interesting like if you don't have one muscle that's being dominant or over dominating, then you actually have the ability to do new things, right? So that's kind of why I mentioned that. But here's the thing, if you don't ever give something new a try, then you never know, right? So it's one of those things that you have to keep pushing forward. And and y'all give an example of something that happened in cross country. You know, in cross country, you know, we have all these different types of shoes. And the reason why is because you have different types of terrain that you run on. Well, I had about two or three different pairs of shoes. I had my favorites. Um I loved my my shoes that had cleats, but I did not I did not particularly enjoy running in meets that where you had to run in cleats because runners standing next to you or behind you, these these girls were evil and wicked. I mean, girls can be just as bad as men. And there's a reason why we have death row for women and for men, okay? So women, they can be just as evil as men, and I witnessed some of this. Some of these women, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they were in prison. So we're standing at the starting line for um one of these cross country meets, and we had to have our our um our spikes in on the bottom of our our not our track shoes, but our cross country shoes. And this girl standing next to me or slightly behind me, She dragged her metal cleats down the back of my legs and I was bleeding. Like she did physical harm to me. It was very common for stuff like that to happen. Here's the thing. I didn't stop. I outran that chick and I creamed her. And mind you, I really wanted to sock her in the face. I was like, "You know what? That's just going to be be retaliation." And if they really cared, if the adults really cared to do the right thing, they would have totally pulled her out and grounded her or banned her from the sport because she actually did physical harm to my legs like she 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 dug her metal sharp teeth cleats into the back of my legs it was horrible and so it's one of those things that you know I didn't stop I just got away from her and it just made me run a whole lot quicker I, you know it made me run a whole lot quicker so that way I could get to the finish line and have you know are not our paramedic but the uh the trainer work on my legs cuz they were bleeding. And here's the thing, that was commonplace for that kind of rough housing to happen. But here's the thing, because that happened to me pretty quick um into the cross country, I would say area or arena of life, it prepared me for the other types of running that I would end up doing cuz I think, well, at least no one's running their cleats down my legs and I've been vaccinated for tetanus. So I'm good to go. You know, you just basically look for the positive in the strangest ways. That's basically what that phrase is talking about where it says you have survived tougher. And I think that's wonderful to look at life in that in that way and to think, you know what? I've gone through worse. I've got this. This isn't my first rodeo. But see, here's the thing. Even if something is your first rodeo, if you stand there in panic or fear, then it's going to be very hard to survive it or to overcome it. So, you know, let me close with this on this podcast. So, say for example, you're going through something that you've never gone through before and it's scary, it's frightening, you're not sure what to do. 
What I personally do whenever I come across new situations like that that I have no experience in it at all, which can happen anyone at any time. I mean, this is life. We're living life. Every day is a journey. You know, every day is a new day. What I do is that, you know, even if I don't have experience in something or I've never encountered it before, I compare it to something else that I've gone through in the past. And I'm like, "Okay, I I haven't been through this exactly the same way, but I've been through hell in other ways." And I know that if I can survive that, you know, this other thing that happened, I can survive any, anything, so I'm not concerned about this. I'm not worried, I'm not frightened, I'm not fearful, and if God be for me, who dare be against me? That's how you need to look at things because that will help you to move forward no matter what. Like for example, let's say for example you're on a cruise ship and it sinks and you're and you're scared. I don't blame you. Here's the thing, you know, you might be thinking, well, I've never been through this before. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Compare it to something else you've been through where you thought, what am I going to do? I've never done this before. And so what you, what you are relying on is you are relying on basically your survival skills, which we all have those. They are an eight. Like God gave us the natural ability to survive. Not only that, he created our bodies to naturally heal itself. Like every day, I don't know if you realize this, but every day your body is healing itself every day all day. Like you have new cells that are being produced right now that you did not have before but that you will be using for the next day, week, month, year, whatever depending on the cell. So your body naturally heals itself all the time. But your body was not exposed to every virus or every bacteria when you were born. So basically every time you get sick, technically it's something new, but your body handles it. We need to be doing the exact same thing in our everyday life situations because that's how we get through things. That's how we survive tougher things. We keep going. Basically, you need to think of your life and you need to think of yourself as like your immune system where you're just building up an arsenal of toughness. That's basically what you're doing. And that's a really great thing to do because it creates stability. It also encourages you to practice self-reliance. That's a wonderful trait to have and I think it's a blessing to do that. You know what's interesting is that I came across an old time video on YouTube. I think it's called Old TV Times or something like that. It's these educational videos for young people in the 1950s. They're very interesting. I'm like, man, kids today should watch those. Mind you, it's a little it's a little sexist every now and then, but but the I would say the overall meaning and the advice is really good. I was surprised because whenever I think of the 1950s I don't actually have a very positive opinion, you know, because I know, you know, about the history of the 1950s in regards to women's rights and, you know, the workplace and things like that and how women made less money and it was just expected that they get married and pop out kids and their places in the kitchen, all those things that most modern day women do not ever want to hear, right? Well, these videos are actually really good. It teaches young people, both male and female, how to do so many things and one of them was how to be self-reliant. And I was like, that all oh man, that video needs to be shown to every young person as soon as possible. <laughs> I think from the moment they are like a preteen or a teeny bopper, they need to be taught self-reliance. And it's just a short little video, it's black and white. It's kind of corny a little bit, but it speaks right to the heart of the matter and it it gives excellent advice. So you know, I would rather show kids this video from the 1950s about how to be self-reliant as opposed to them 
just being sucked dry by their parents, you know, of their ambition and their skills because now we have all these helicopter parents or these F-16 parents, they coddle their children all the time, and then now their kids are embracing the woke culture and the inclusiveness BS. And then they wonder why their kids are so mentally weak, emotionally unstable, they gripe and complain, they don't have a good work ethic. There are reasons for this. It matters how kids are raised and what they're taught. I would rather young people and everyone know what it means to be self-reliant. It's actually a wonderful thing because then you take complete control of your life. And when you take complete control of your life, then you really do know you have survived tougher. Because when you survive something, It's it's you that accomplished that. It's not your family, it's not your boyfriend, it's not your girlfriend, it's not your spouse, it's you personally. And I'm not against people getting married, you know, or dating. I think those are wonderful things to have and I wish more people were married and had happier marriages. But here's what's been going on especially in the Bible Belt states, these brainwashing states that I can't stand in terms of how they indoctrinate people. And I don't mean can't stand in a negative way, I'm just saying that I don't like it when people or encourage to not have a will of their own. Here's the thing, when you get married, yes, the two of you become one in terms of a unit, you know, as in a marriage, but you don't lose you you do not lose your identity because it is your identity and who you are as a person that attracted your spouse to you. So when when you join and become one as one couple, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you no longer exist as an individual. You know, I've noticed that, you know, sometimes marriages fail because they just kind of feel like they don't really have any privacy anymore. And I'm not saying that that you should hide things from your spouse. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that, you know, everybody needs some free time and some free space. You know, like how men have a man cave and women go to a spa. You know, that's actually very important for your mental health. It's very important because even though, you know, you may be married or maybe you're dating someone, your life still belongs to you. You don't lose any part of your life when you start dating someone or when you get married or when you go through something or when you survive something. Like one thing I can't stand is whenever someone gets cancer and the the family or the spouse or the kids, they they act like it's all about them. And I'm just like, no, you know, the person who is suffering from the cancer, it's all about them. It's all about that individual. I mean, is the family involved? Yes, just because you know you're related and you're in the same family. But you know, I can't stand that phrase. It takes a village to raise a child, or it takes a village. Actually, it doesn't. It does not take a village. In fact, most villages and most villages, uh, I would say most village mentalities are completely wrong, bizarre, pagan and very cult-like. Do you really want to have to deal with that, you know, just in your everyday life, but especially if you're going through something really tough? I would think not. So here's the thing. You know, I think some of the strongest marriages I've ever seen is where both the man and the woman recognize that they are still an individual it's just they fell in love with somebody and now they are together and they share their life together they don't take from the other person they share and they give i've noticed there are a lot of takers and that gets really old and i think this is one reason why especially here in the bible belt states why we have like a 50% divorce rate you having like a 50% divorce rate does not really tell me that things are all as stable as people think. 
And I don't think it's because, you know, divorces are way easier to get today than times past. I think the problem is that dysfunctional people are marrying dysfunctional people. And people don't understand what a real marriage is. And then also, whatever church they're in, you know, these sometimes these churches and you know, I go to church, I believe I believe in going to church and practicing your faith. I just think you be careful where you attend because what I can't stand about some churches is that they try and control other people's marriages and they make it seem like they have control over matrimony. I don't even think so. Matrimony and marriage belongs to God. And matrimony and marriage is a gift to us. It's a gift to the couple. It does not belong to a church. It technically belongs to the body of Christ, and we are the church of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. That means a whole lot of people don't understand that, you know, marriage, you know, isn't just a covenant um or or a contract that is perpetuated by the Catholic Church or the Baptist Church or the Mormon Church, like, you know, marriage belongs to God. But whenever you have these churches that try and take it over, it manipulates people's lives. You know, one thing I didn't understand when I was Catholic was I didn't understand how the Catholic Church could not honor someone's marriage. Oh, you weren't married in the church. Well, did you allow them to be married in the church? Well, no. Then, then isn't that your fault that their marriage isn't honored by the Catholic Church? I mean, you would think that if the Catholic Church actually wanted people to get married, they would encourage them to get married, but they don't. It's very bizarre. It's like you've got to follow all these rules that they make up that are not from the Bible. And it's like you know what? That's pagan and that's heresy. I mean, that's just there are some things that should not be practiced. And practicing something that's not right, guess what? Is not right. So needless to say, it makes it very difficult to survive things and to get tougher, you know, to toughen up and be stronger if you're constantly being manipulated by people that don't really love you or care about you. or if they're just there to control your mind, your will and your emotions, when all of those things belong to you, they don't belong to anybody else. Thank goodness, right? Amen. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.